Welcome to Ron Book Pop. I'm your host, Sarah, and this month is Pride Month. This is part two in our series on found family and queer romance with a focus on asexual representation in romance. Today I have with me author Kara Jorgensen. Hey. Did I say your last name right? Yes. Huzzah! Always, <laughs> always good when I do that. Okay, so Kara, you write queer historical fantasy? Yes, I know it's a mouthful. And I know at least two of your books are a spectrum. Yes. Yeah, books one and three with Elian. And is just Elian ace, or is his love interest ace as well? No, he is just ace. Okay. Uh, his love interest is allosexual. Okay. Um, so I suppose for the allosexuals out there, we should define what asexual means. Is there a current definition of asexual that's being used that's more up to date? <laughs> This poses the question. A person who identifies as asexual uh, generally experiences minimal or... Obviously, it's a spectrum. They are people who either experience little to no attraction or desire to have sex or have a different sex drive than other people. Yes. It's it's, it's awkward (laughs) because it's confusing. Um, You know, it kind of hits all ends of the spectrum you have people who are like me who you know are asexual don't feel sexual desire but do have sex or sex positive as they say and then you have people who are sex negative who don't want to have sex but may still feel some sexual attraction on occasion yeah it's it's broad (laughs) and then there's like demisexual where you have to have a deep connection with the person before you want to do anything with them um and then there's gray ace which is different from Demi. I forget what Gray Ace is. I think Gray A is like you feel sexual attraction sometimes, but not often or not all the time. Yeah. But but it's not relying upon emotional connections. Yeah. And then in conjunction, I know a lot of Ace people are also aromantic, but you don't necessarily have to be aromantic to be asexual. <laughs> yeah. Today we're just focusing on a sexual representation in romance, and in season two we'll be doing focusing on queer platonic relationships with aromantic characters in romance. So that's a different conversation than ace representation. Like they overlap, but like it's two different two different things. So the first book I wanted to talk about today is Our Bloody Pearl by Dean Brin which is a quasi-steampunkish fantasy setting about a siren named Pearl who was captured by this pirate and is being basically held hostage in this very small tank on the ship. Um, Their tail has been damaged, they can't really swim, and it's not a great situation. And they're rescued by another pirate who is, in theory, who was like, I want to get the siren that's on this ship. And then he was like, oh, I'm kind of starting to fall in love with this siren. And he rescues Pearl. And they communicate entirely through the book with sign language, which I thought was really cool. And because it's a a lot of it is about learning to live the new normal that comes with a disability, because Pearl can't swim with their tail. So, Kian... Kian builds them a tail that they can control themselves to swim. And it's, it's it's just a very lovely book. And I liked how Kian's asexuality was represented because, like, they fall in love, but they're just, 
it was just very sweet and there's like a huge found family element to it and also it, they're both cinnamon rolls it's the first in a series related i think they're all going to be involving the sirens um which are in this in this universe they're all non-binary mer people which is really cool and it's about like the sirens taking back control of the waters and it, it was just a really fun read i highly recommend it on your list you had Bloom into You by Neo Nakatani? Yes, I believe so. I'm trying to find the book on my shelf. <laughs> yeah. So I have Bloom into You, and it's um, it's about three high school girls. It's a, it's a manga. Um, yeah. And three girls who are all... It's a sapphic romance. And it's kind of a love triangle between the senpai, who's, you know, the, old, the slightly older girl, and her kohai, and then also a girl who's in our class. And it's a lot of dealing with figuring out if you love somebody. And I think with the, the Kohai, the younger girl, she doesn't feel attraction toward either person, any person. And she often wonders if she'll be able to ever love somebody because she doesn't feel that sort of attraction to people. So it's interesting because it's not blatantly asexual. Like I think when we're used to romance, we're used to it being very loud about that it is asexual or it is sapphic or you know this is a little more played down and I thought it was interesting because I didn't quite realize she was asexual at first either and then as it goes further on then it starts to make more sense she may be more along the line of Demi toward the end of the series like that may be kind of where the author was going with it but that, that makes sense yeah I know it was made into an anime recently and while it was airing there was a lot of discussion among uh anime twitter and anime youtube about whether or not she was a lesbian or if she was asexual. And a lot of people were going on about, well, she can be both. That, mm-hmm. that is the thing. You can be both. And it was a lot of talk about cultural nuances in that because there's not as much out queerness, one can say, I suppose, in Japan, that she might not. It took her a while to be to realize, oh, hey, I like girls but not in this way. So I know, I think, is it Yen Press or Seven Seas that put out Bloom Into You? I think it's Yen Press, I think. I don't have it in front of me, though. Seven Seas, so that's um, Go Manga. They've done a fantastic job of bringing a whole bunch of queer uh, manga, especially Yuri manga, to the States because there wasn't a lot before, and now there's so much more being licensed, which is really nice. So we both read The Rat Catcher's Daughter by KJ Charles, which is a really sweet novella about an ace pawnbroker with a trans singer. Yes. Cabaret singer. Yes. Right. Female impersonator-ish. Because that's really her identity. But Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> It, it, it is a very complicated thing. Um, I know for the Ace rep, a couple, I was friends with the person who did the sensitivity reading for that story. So, and I just, I liked how the relationship developed in that story, in that it was very sweet and that they were both understanding of each other. Because a lot of times, especially non-Ace authors or follow authors, will slip up in the partner doesn't understand why the other one doesn't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And that that's a very damaging trope. Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings with that, just because I feel like for a lot of us who are in 
relationships with people who are not asexual. I mean, that's just something that kind of comes with the territory, you know, kind of figuring out where's the balance between, you know, how, how am I going to compromise with the other person? You know, do I have to compromise? How much am I willing to give or explore and still be comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for people who are not asexual, it's like, I, I can be very awful, but I do think it is something that a lot of us do grapple with. So it's can be harmful, but I think for me anyway, being someone who's more to the sex neutral, sex positive side, it's kind of a fact of life if you're in a relationship. That makes sense. There was an article I found by Rosie Thor the other day with three authors, Claudia Arsenault, Taylor Brooke, and uh, Lynn E. O'Connect discussing how romance can be more ace positive and like how it can become a safe face for ace people because i know especially in romance twitter we have a lot of work to do as the genre because there are a lot of microaggressions that people run into like every time someone's like no room every romance novel should have sex and if it doesn't have sex then it's an inspirational and it's like that's not how this works that's <laughs> that's not how any of this works just because something doesn't have sex doesn't mean it's automatically a religious book yeah. are there any points that you would see that you'd wish that romance did better with ace rap you know i think one of the big things is just a little bit more variety you know i think with um the rat catcher's daughter that's kind of what we see a lot is people who choose celibacy and are ace versus people who are ace and you know are in relationships with other people more like a gentleman's position you know where they kind of find a balance of where they want to go with the relationship and I think, like like you mentioned, you know, the fact that so much of ace rep ends up being kind of lumped into purity culture, you know, with the idea that like, oh, they're not having sex because, you know, they're waiting till marriage or they're saving themselves. And it's it's icky, you know, especially for those of us who aren't into that, who aren't, you know, it's like, no, I'm not saving myself. I just don't want to. <laughs> exactly. Like it, there needs romance has a lot of growing to do in that regard. I think we're slowly getting there. Slowly. Yeah, I, slowly. I mean, I think the other thing, too, is, you know, the expectation that there will always be heat is one of the big issues, too. My books, even the characters who are not asexual, there tends not to be a whole lot of on-screen sex with the first series. And I feel like people expect heat for the most part. And, you know, I like to read it, but, you know, for someone who's asexual and maybe struggles a bit with figuring out how to portray sexual attraction, it's not easy. And it tends to be easier just to kind of put it off screen. So I think sometimes the expectations of romance readers aren't met and it gets people annoyed. Whereas I have the opposite problem in that if there's too much sex in the book and I'm just like, they just boinged five <laughs> pages ago. Why are they banging again? Oh Please. my God. Yes. You're like, you're going to have a rash. Like you need to stop. Because like for me, I fall into like this weird amalgamation of bi, pan, and demi. Most of the time I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what I am. This is a pain in the butt. I'm just going to go call myself queer. That's exactly <laughs> it. Because, um, like, you don't... Every person's heat level of what they consider high heat, low heat, steamy, whatever, is different. Yeah. Like, to me, if it's a shifter book that's under 150 pages, my brain automatically associates that with erotic romance and that there's going to be a lot of sex in it. And I'm not going to read it because... If it's more sex than not, then I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I've read 
I'm not going to like say the title or anything, but I read a book recently and it was labeled as romance. And I was all excited. I was like, yeah, I'm going to read this. There's some disability rap. And I started reading it. I'm like, oh my God, this is erotica. And I did not sign up for this. Yeah. And even though I like it, like I'll read it, but that was not, not what I came here for. No. <laughs> Especially and like you said, they're like every other page, they're doing it again. I'm like, okay, aren't you bored? Like, why can't we go neuter something now, or go tea, <laughs> or go fight a villain and stare longingly into each other's eyes as we're sword fighting or something? Exactly. Um, so one of the masters of ace rep, I think, in our in the romance genre is T.J. Kloon. Not necessarily maybe a master, but like who does a lot of focus on ace rep in his romances. In the third book in the Green Creek series, Heart Song, which is Robbie and Kelly. Kelly is ace, and everyone everyone's cool with that, Robbie's cool with that, except Robbie kind of lost his memories because evil magic. <laughs> so he has to learn how to trust the pack all over again, and he and Kelly are mates, but he's like, I don't know you. So he, so they have to go through the getting to know each other and get going through everything all over again, and Robbie... He was like, so was I cool with you being ace before? And Kelly was like, yeah, you were totally cool with it. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm still cool with it now. And it's just interesting to, it, it, it's a very painful book because TJ really likes his angst in this series <laughs> and to torment everyone. But Kelly being ace is never an issue. There's never, it's just very lovely, loving relationship once they get there because there's a lot to unpack in the meantime. And then his How to Be series, which is starts with How to Be a Normal Person, and the second one is How to Be a Movie Star. In How to Be a Normal Person, Gus, who owns this video rental store in the middle of a tiny town in Oregon, meets this asexual stoner barista, and he's like, You're you're you weren't here before. Who are you? You you're not part of my daily routine. And so he goes into one of those wiki-how pages to try to figure out how to be friends with someone and how to be a normal person, which involves wearing Hawaiian shirts and all these ridiculous things. And Casey's like, dude, I like you for how you are. By the way, I'm ace. And Gus is like, what is this? And then Gus, it's just how they de- that relationship develops is really, it's really unique. And then How to Be a Movie Star is Casey's friend, Josiah, who's this demisexual, demiromantic, stoner actor who's trying to get his big break in Hollywood. And he does it by joining the cast of a monster porn movie. (laughs) And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And he starts to fall for the writer who does these monster erotic romances, kind of like quasi Chuck Tingle books. And he's making his directorial debut, and he falls for Quincy, and there's a really, like, beautiful discussions of, like, how their relationship develops, and what it means to be Demi, and how Josiah's just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally cool with how, who I am, and what I am, and no one can tell me otherwise. And there's a lot of discussion of anxiety and depression in the book, because Quincy's been dealing with that, and it's just, it's really lovely to read, and it's the only one that I'd put, like, really big content warnings for for um, depression discussion. I feel like my to-be-read pile has gotten, like, immensely larger after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highly suggest 
TJ's books on audio because they're just so ridiculous and like it's like constant like there's not much a break from humor in that series so that it's best read on audio to like get full depth of everything um but it's just it's just over the top with how and they go back to Oregon because they have to film somewhere like quaint and small and like the there's a ferret from the first book called Harry S. Truman that keeps making appearances and then like Josiah keeps following Gus around and Gus is like, leave me alone. I don't want people. And everyone's like, no, we like you. And he's like, but why? <laughs> so just inherently ridiculous, but just really great relationships and found family because like everyone, like his Josiah's family, his parents don't really care about him. And, he's, and he says in the book, sometimes kids are born to the wrong parents. And that's just so very sad. <laughs> Which is a contrast from Gus, who had his father, who was, like, this weird pastor who, like, took care of him and was, like, very loving parent. And it's just a very interesting dichotomy. Another one that you had mentioned was Queens of Geek by Jen Wilde. Yeah, so I don't know how many people um, are really into are into cosplay who are also into romance novels, but my partner is a cosplayer. And Queens of Geeks follows, I believe it's a cosplayer who's be kind of becoming cos-famous. Um, and her friend and their love interest. So the one character is, she has Asperger's, but she's also asexual. And she's kind of navigating her relationship with one of her friends who she's meeting for the first time. It's it's just really cute. It's one of those books where it's more towards young adult. And it's not really romance, romance. But it's charming and sweet and um, still goes into depth about, you know, kind of navigating relationships and expectations it's low stress. It's enjoyable. <laughs> low stress is what everyone needs kind of right now. Yeah, exactly. And I know I, I've also read Every Heart of Doorway by Sean McGuire, but it's been a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I think the it's the I just read this fairly recently. The main character who is the one telling the story whose name completely escapes me at the moment. She is the ace character. She talks about how she doesn't feel attraction to anybody and these characters who are interested in each other and She's like, that. yeah, that's nice, but... Nancy. Nancy, there we go. Yeah, so Nancy is falling for... Um, I'm going to say another character whose name I can't remember. Um, he's trans. He lives in the attic. He does, like, all the clothing and stuff, and it completely is gone from my head. Because um, Nancy ends up in the underworld. Yes. I think that's where she ends up. Yes. Because um, they all go through these different doorways and stuff like that. And not all the doorways are nice doorways. No, no definitely not. And the people who get spit back out do not always end up so nice and wonderful. As we could see from Jack and Jill. Exactly. I'm trying to find his name now. Where is it? Uh, that's not happening. Okay. That one is another one that I also read in audio and it was really good. And I know it's not an own voices a story, at least I don't think. And I know a lot of time people want to read own voices versus non. I don't know if you can say more to the own voices rep or to the non-own voices. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I feel like there isn't a whole lot of ace rep to begin with. Like, I don't know, in romance novels and other novels, it's almost impossible to, to I wouldn't say it's almost impossible to find it, but it's so rare 
and you know, even with own voices, you know, we say this about people who are pansexual or bisexual also, or non-binary, you know, not every experience is the same. Like we're not a monolith. So sometimes even reading own voices, I'm like, yeah, this is not how I feel this way. Like kind of reading, um, obviously not own voices, but the rat catcher's daughter, I was like, this is really cute. And I enjoy the story and it was sweet and nice, but it's not my experience, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to find Ace Rep that's own voices. I honestly, off the top of my head, cannot think of anybody that I know about. And I think a lot of times it's also because our other identities kind of supersede our asexuality. So, like, online, I always just say, like, I'm queer, I'm non-binary, you know, I'm biromantic. And Ace kind of just gets kind of pushed to the side. And I think part of that is also having to do with, um, you know, inclusivity in the community and how Aces often are kind of not seen as as queer or not seen as LGBT. Well, they very much are. And yeah. I get very angry at people who are like, no. And I'm like, yes. Yes, they are. Claudia Arsenault, who does mostly queer fantasy, she's put together an entire database of yes. um, ace and aromantic representation in all genre fiction. And you can sort it by genre, by representation, by author, if it's own voices or not. And it's a really huge, well, I mean, it's a good size archive. And I know they're constantly adding to it. So especially when people are like, there's no ace rep, Claudia can be like, hey, come over here. Please choose your book. (laughs) Um, And I know in YA's, especially um, this year, there's a lot more ace rep coming out. Not necessarily romance-related ace rep, but it is getting better. there's, There's a lot more than there used to be yeah i just i actually just picked up i believe it's bell revolt and the author is also asexual yes i'm, ex- I'm excited to um, read that oh god who's that by that's by Lindsay something uh, uh Lindsay miller there we go because she also did a non-binary assassin series hmm. which is also going to elude me and though i think that's probably on my bookshelf mask of shadows yes i remember that yes um, that title sounds familiar. <laughs> Mask of Shadows and the Ruin of Stars is that series, and it's a non-binary um, assassin who I think doesn't care about killing people and doesn't like need redemption in that way. I haven't read it yet, so I don't, I can't speak to everything in that book. One of my favorite things to do is read web comics, and um, there's a web comic that I've been reading called Charity Case by Emily McSweeney, and it's about a singer or a musician who hates his, hates his job at a garden center, gets a notification from the his kind of like manager people who he's like the the, the um, company he kind of like does stuff for on occasion. And he, they're like, hey, there's a gig tonight at this wedding. Are you free? And he's like, heck yeah, I'm free. And he like pretends he's sick and leaves work and then gets fired <laughs> because his boss is at that wedding. <laughs> and it's about him trying, having to get a new apartment with two other students or two other students who are a couple, and it's a polyamorous relationship that eventually develops. And uh, Julian is ace and non-binary, but he doesn't know that yet, according to the author. He doesn't know that he's non-binary, and he dresses like absolutely fabulous in these gorgeous, ridiculous outfits that I absolutely adore. And the other two characters are by a male-female couple and uh, one is bi and the other is Pam 
and it's just a really beautiful relationship and it's the best depiction of anxiety I've ever of anxiety and panic attack I've ever seen painted before because like you just feel you can just feel how Julian just feels hopeless after getting fired after and, and like what tips it over is he's trying to fill up this cup of ramen and he accidentally spills it and it's just that one trigger that you're you barely held it together and that's the thing that makes it explode um and there are these two the two women who like help him find gigs are these two older lesbians one's trans and they're absolutely they're just like julian julian sweetheart we've got you don't worry like you need to do some of the work too and it's just it's the beautiful depiction of found family that i've ever seen and it's just absolutely gorgeous the art is great it's the only time that i've ever been like yes i'm immediately following this person on patreon because i need more of the pages now what's the title i want to add to my to be read <laughs> uh charity case charity case thank you i will i will send you a link in um dms later thank you because um, it's on tapas and i forget where else i think it's on its own website maybe Another of my favorites is um, His Quiet Agent by Ada Maria Soto with an ace spy. So it's about this Agent Arthur who he's kind of down in the... He didn't get really a promotion. He more just went up two floors, but it's the exact same job he had before. And he's like, oh, great. This isn't what I really want to be doing as a desk job right now. And there's this guy, Martin, who... He disappears on occasion, and he doesn't know where Martin goes, and no one else talks to Martin because Martin's not approachable. But Arthur's kind of, like, determined to, like, approach him, so he, like, starts sitting down and making comments about these giant books that he's reading that are, like, incredibly dry, and Martin's like, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it's very sweet, uh, and, like, when Martin disappears, and then Arthur has to go find him, like, he rescues him and takes care of him, and it's just... It's just a very sweet ace rep in that it's like there's no sex scene and it, it's just very lovely in like how it's represented. <laughs> then the other there's another one that you had on the list, um, Two Rogues Make a Right by Cat Sebastian. So I actually asked Cat about this when I saw it on the list, and she didn't intentionally make Martin ace. That wasn't <laughs> her intention to put across. Because I was like, Cat, is our is Martin ace? I just want to know because I like I'm making my list of everything. And she's like that wasn't the intention, but it's I don't mind if people read him that way because that's your reading of Martin. Um I know the character who is Ace in one of her books is Georgiana in Delicate Deception. That's canon confirmed Ace. But what did how did you read Martin in Two Maker Right? I think with Martin he, he felt very very much like someone maybe who is like demisexual where he seems like he's only attracted really to Will. Thank you. I was like too many too many brothers. Um yes. So Will, it seems like he's really attracted to Will and he mentions like, yeah, you know, some people are attractive, some people are good looking, but you're the only one I've really been attracted to. And I think for me that that read almost like demi where you have to develop that emotional connection and you know, I know Martin is kind of a standoffish character and he doesn't really want anybody to get close to him. And his illness has kind of prevented him from getting close to other people. So it could just be a matter of him not being exposed to a whole lot of people or trying to cut himself off. But it feels very, very close to what I think demisexual would feel like. It sounds weird to say that. But as someone who's completely asexual, like I don't feel any attraction. But I would think 
they have that emotional connection that is needed to develop further sexual tension. Oh, that makes sense. That because I I remember reading it and being like, is Martin Demi or is just Martin Gay? I don't know. And it was just like a blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, huh, this could be a thing. I'll ask Cat later. <laughs> what what was the first time you saw an Ace character in a romance? You know, that's it's difficult because I feel like, especially because I read a lot of historical romance, it's not blatantly obvious. You know, because people don't say back in the 1800s, like, yes, I'm asexual. So actually, I think Gentleman's Position may have actually been the first time I read Ace Rep in any sort of form. I will say I used to read Anne Rice books as a teenager, and I think Lewis or Louis can also be read as Ace. Um, But once again, not canon confirmed or anything like that. So it's, how do I put this? I also tend not to seek out Ace Rep, which probably sounds kind of weird, but I guess because it wasn't really available, especially when I first started getting into queer romance, I kind of didn't really think to look for it at first. No, that that makes sense, but sometimes you're, you just don't, you, you don't necessarily want to read about your own identity. Exactly. It can be difficult, especially if it's done painfully wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to deal with that. You just don't want to deal with that. I really enjoyed Gentleman's Position. Um, Me too. It's it's not the okay. It's it's one of like the top angstiest KJ Charles there is, <laughs> and that's a high bar. <laughs> it's a very high bar of angst for KJ. I really liked how Richard's relationship with David was dealt with because it wasn't. It made it so that it wasn't an easy fix of power dynamics that they had to work through all their problems and that David made sure that Richard worked through his issues because <laughs> he was like no I'm, I'm not doing this if you're not willing to give as well I love that book I, for exactly that reason you know power dynamics are so hard to get right and so hard to work through without kind of taking a cheating shortcut and watching Richard flounder through the second half of the book was I think painful but also incredibly enjoyable to watch (laughs) you know because like that's the third book in the series right so we've been waiting for this david richard payoff for three books and kj charles did not make it easy no no she did not i think i I absolutely love them and then when they show up or when they're mentioned again in gilded cage when they're mentioned again in gilded cage as, as being mentors and re- relatives to Suki's love interest. So I was just like, oh God, David and Richard being old together. I'm like, they're still together. They're still together. They probably <laughs> died together. Oh God. It's like it's not even on the page and I have feelings. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's like just a few handfuls of mentions throughout the book. And I'm just like, oh God, wait a second. How old would Harry and Julian be in this book? Would they, they would still be alive. Like what about Dom and Silas? There's just like so many questions and it's just like no come back I would definitely love some more like established older people romances like give us some more of them in the future exactly like we there's definitely a like that romance definitely tends to focus on the 20 and 30 year olds and very rarely do we get like 40 50 or 60 year olds or even older, because people find love at any stage in their lives. So it being, or it will be Pride Month in like 
a week while recording this at the end of May. For what does pride mean for you? I think for me, pride is just kind of, it's a celebration, but it's also a reminder. I feel like for a lot of us who, you know, are safe within our small communities, you know, pride's kind of a reminder that there are a whole bunch of people who still are not safe, still are not able to be themselves, and only when they come out for Pride Month are they really able to kind of embrace that. You know, I think about my friends who are, you know, trans or who are closeted. I myself, I'm not totally out to my family. So, you know, when I get to, when you have Pride Month, you get a little extra visibility. You know, you get to go hang out with other people who are like you or who hopefully accept you. Yeah. Because I know a lot of times that, especially because sometimes queer people are like aces in the thing. So a lot of times ace people get harassed at Pride and stuff like that. And it's like, no, everyone is welcome here. Or if someone's ace and in a relationship with someone who's cis, then that means they're automatically heterosexual. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah, it's definitely something I've struggled with because, you know, outwardly, my partner and I look like a male-female couple, but you know, I'm asexual and biromantic and non-binary. And, you know, often I wonder, do I belong at at Pride? You know, are people going to see me and think that I'm just some rando who's like, you know, trying to join the party, but doesn't belong? You know, it's difficult, especially if you're not obviously queer. And then it's always the funnest mission of what is obviously queer anyways. Exactly. Like, is it everyone who's wearing their hair, like, shaved on the sides? Or is that the obvious queer thing? Or is it everyone who's flamboyant? Or... Yeah, do you have to be in a in a, a seemingly same-sex couple? You know, um, I live by an area that's, that's very much um, gay, but very cis couple-oriented. And I think it's slowly changing, but... It's something I thought about, you know, if I went to Asbury Park, you know, would I be welcome at their pride celebration since it's predominantly gay, you know, gay men and lesbian women in cis relationships? You know, would my friends who are trans be welcome? Would I be welcome as a non-binary person, especially in a seemingly male-female couple? Yeah. Are there any books that are on your TBR that you want to check out soon that have ace rep? You know, all of Claudia... Claudia Arsenal, you know, their books, I've had them on my to-be-read for probably a couple years now. They're sitting on my Kindle and just kind of knocking around. And after our discussion, you know, the T.J. Klune books, I'm also going to start moving up the list, but Bell Revolt has been sitting on my to-be-read pile for a couple weeks now since it came in the mail. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've got on my, my pile that is ace. I think my big issue is I tend to burn through my ace books when I get them. <laughs> Yeah, that that can be a problem. For me, okay, what was on my TBR? Um, your books are on my TBR. I'm reading Earl of Brass right now. And another of my favorite webcomic people, um, Noelle Himpel, who did Ignition Zero, which is another, it's a complete webcomic, which is a rarity in these days. They have a new book that's on pre-order right now. I missed the Kickstarter for it, um, called Threads That Bind. Threads That, The Thread That Binds. Um, and it's about queer librarians who are ace and aromantic and trans and every identity under the sun. And it's like a huge whopping dose of found family. And I think the first three chapters are available to read on their Kickstarter. And that I'm really excited for. And then 
Rosie Thor's book, whose name escaped me right now for the title, which has ace characters in space being awesomely ace spaces. That I'm really excited to read. Um, is there? Do you want to talk a little bit more about your books before we close out? Uh, sure. I mean, with my books, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of queer rep. Um, so if anyone's looking for very specific rep, uh, I have ace rep in books one and three. So the Earl of Brass and the Earl and the Artificer. I have a gay couple with Emmanuel and Adam in The Gentleman Devil, Dead Magic, and Selkie Cove. And eventually we get our bi-pan rap with Emmeline and Nadir, who we see kind of throughout several books. We see them in The Gentleman Devil, The Only Artificer, and then finally in The Wolf Witch, which is the most recent release. Kinship and Kindness, which will be out at the end of July. I'm really excited for that one. Working on editing that and getting it all done. and, and ah. <laughs> The pandemic has put a monkey wrench into that. That That's okay. It will You'll get it out when you can get it out. Because you're almost done with the semester right now, so then you can focus on other stuff. Exactly. You know, once, once the papers have been graded, everything else is easy. All downhill from there. Exactly. Alrighty. So thank you for joining us on Rom Book Pod. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. You can find me at queer underscore reader on Twitter and Rainbow Readers of Massachusetts on Facebook. And where can they find you, Kara? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at author Kara J. I don't really use Facebook that much, but you can also find me on Instagram, which I believe is Kara.jorgensen. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rom Book Pod, Inclusively Yours, a new weekly podcast celebrating inclusive romance, one trope at a time. If you'd like weekly recommendations for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at Rom Book Pod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.